You are tuned to Community Radio, KVMR-FM, Nevada City, KCPC, Camino. It's 6 p.m. Thursday, October 13th. I'm Joyce Miller, and this is the KVMR Evening News. A close congressional race in L.A. County could be a key to which party has power in the House next term. The California Report takes the temperature of a contest that's heating up over Latino identity politics and abortion rights. After regional news and weather, Felton Pruitt talks to Natalie Adona in the County Registrar Voters Office about safety and security for the upcoming elections. We end with an essay by Molly Fisk. This is the California Report. I'm Madi Bolaños in San Francisco. As the midterm election approaches, an advocacy group in the Bay Area is calling out the dangers of language that scapegoats against Asians and Asian Americans around the country. KQED's Alexander Gonzalez reports. In a new report, the group Stop AAPI Hate finds of the tens of thousands of hate incidents recorded during the pandemic, 20 percent of them are made up of racial scapegoating. Cynthia Che is the group's co-founder. That simply happens when a group is unfairly blamed for current events, whether it's something like the pandemic or downturn in the economy. And really what we set out to do was spotlight and call out harm that irresponsible scapegoating rhetoric used by politicians during election season can cause to Asian and Asian American communities. Che says the group wants to prevent this hate speech in the long term through public education. For the California Report, I'm Alexander Gonzalez in San Francisco. One of the most competitive house races in California is taking place in the northern part of Los Angeles County, where Republican Congressman Mike Garcia is facing off for the third time against Democrat Christy Smith. The race has sparked recent controversy after Garcia compared the Biden administration to the Third Reich. He's since apologized to the Jewish community in his district. While it's unclear if those comments will play a role in the race, KQED's Taiki Hendricks reports the issue of abortion and Latino identity have been central to the campaign. Two years ago, Santa Clarita Democrat Christy Smith lost a rematch against Congressman Mike Garcia by just over 300 votes. This time around, the district has been newly redrawn with more Democrats, and the former state assemblywoman is turning her focus to abortion rights. She talks about her own high-risk pregnancies in a campaign ad. But the only people who had a right to be involved in that decision were me, my doctor, and my God. After the Supreme Court's ruling overturning Roe v. Wade, Smith is hoping this year voters motivated by abortion rights will make the difference. In a working-class Latino neighborhood in the city of Palmdale, Maria Elena Ibarra says she's not exactly in favor of abortion. But she says everyone's circumstances are different, and every woman should be free to make her own decisions about her body. Ibarra is a canvasser with CHIRLA, the Coalition for Humane Immigrant Rights of Los Angeles. On this day, she's one of 10 people going door-to-door here in the Antelope Valley. Well, we just want to remind you, because those elections are going to be real important. Um, Chula's Action Fund has endorsed Democrat Christy Smith. Like 
And Canvas director Karen Diaz says engaging new voters in the political process is key to winning support for policies that benefit immigrant communities. We focus on voters that have only voted one out of the last five elections, people who just became new citizens, people who just turned 18 years old. That's different from typical political campaigns, which usually focus on more reliable supporters. But in a race as close as this, every vote could be pivotal. With Latinos making up one-third of the district's voters, Christy Smith released a campaign ad in Spanish last month. But Republicans aren't giving ground. They've made inroads with Hispanic voters in other parts of the country, and they're hoping to build on that here. Hola, buenas tardes. At a Republican National Committee campaign office in a strip mall storefront in Palmdale, Spanish-speaking volunteers are making calls on behalf of Mike Garcia. And the RNC's California director, Brian Anguiano, is emphasizing Garcia's Mexican-American heritage. We want to get in front of folks and talk to them about why it's important to elect Congressman Mike Garcia back into Congress, and specifically with the Latino community. In Congress, Garcia has been a strong Trump ally. He voted not to certify President Biden's victory, and he supports a nationwide abortion ban. But in a district where the aerospace industry is a major employer, he's focusing on the economy and his military experience. I flew fighter jets in the U.S. Navy to protect the American dream and to ensure our prosperity and our liberties. Liberty and prosperity resonate with some at a recent Hispanic heritage celebration put on by the Santa Clarita Valley Chamber of Commerce, where members of the Latino business community hobnob over drinks and tacos. Winery owner Robert Reyes says he's a conservative Christian and he'll vote for Mike Garcia because he likes his values. He is a hard worker, somebody who really puts his heart into what he does. So that's what I love about him. While Latinos in California usually vote Democratic, here the Republicans' Mexican heritage could complicate their choice, says Fernando Guerra, a political science professor at Loyola Marymount University. If the Democrats capture this district, they will have a chance to keep the House. If they lose this district, there is no way that Democrats can keep the House. That is the bottom line. The decision's coming soon, as ballots are already arriving in the mail. For The California Report, I'm Tyke Hendricks in Santa Clarita. Support for The California Report comes from the Wesley Foundation, recognizing young social entrepreneurs through the Wesley Prize for Young Innovators of California. Information about how to apply is available at wesley.org. Personal Capital providing people with financial tools like the Retirement Planner to help them achieve their financial goals, personalcapital.com. And Eric and Wendy Schmidt, whose philanthropy includes Schmidt Ocean Institute, coming this fall, the launch of research vessel FALCOR-2, advancing the frontiers of ocean science and exploration, on the web at schmidtocean.org. And finally, a wild night at the ballpark in Los Angeles, as described by Dodgers play-by-play announcer Charlie Steiner. There's a duck resting in short right center field, and the players and the umpire, they're not even aware of it. There's a duck on the field. Duck, duck, goose? It was in fact a goose that made it onto the Dodgers stadium field during the eighth inning of Game 2 of the Dodgers-Padres playoff series last night. The surprise visitor was eventually captured by the grounds crew and escorted off the field. Oh, and by the way, the Padres tied up the series, beating L.A. 5-3. 
And that's the California Report for Thursday, October 13th. We're a production of KQED Public Radio. I'm your host, Madi Bolaños. Thanks for listening and have a great day. In regional news, if you wrote a check to the county in the past month or so, consider taking a look at your bank account for duplicate charges. Tina Vernon, Nevada County's treasurer tax collector, said this afternoon that an electronic processing error by her office Tuesday led to the duplication of 3,000 checks. It's unknown exactly how many checks were processed twice. Once aware of the error, treasurer staff immediately stopped the process, Vernon said in a news release. Vernon suggested in her statement that anyone who wrote a check to the county between September 21st and October 6th should be on alert for a duplicate charge to their bank account. This would include checks for property taxes or for services provided by the county or by any school or special district. Vernon added, and this is from her statement, We're truly sorry that this issue has occurred, but will be available to assist with any issues that come about because of this processing error. Although most banks have stopgaps for check processing errors, not all do, which is why we are urging those who recently made payments by check to review their bank statements and contact their bank immediately if they notice a duplicate charge. Bank of the West customers will be automatically credited by Friday, Vernon said. If you notice a duplicate charge and are not a Bank of the West customer, Vernon suggests you contact your financial institution and notify them of the check processing error. Further guidance can be obtained from the county treasurer's office. The coroner's division of the Nevada County Sheriff's Office has ruled the death of Kylie Rodney as accidental. This ruling, announced today in a statement from the sheriff's office, is based on the pathologist's finding that her death was the result of drowning and that there was no other information to suggest Rodney was the victim of foul play. Friday at 8 a.m., doors will open for the Nevada County All-Veterans Stand Down at the Nevada County Fairgrounds. The Stand Down is co-hosted by veteran service organizations and nonprofit agencies that provide services and resources to homeless and low-income veterans. The event was canceled in 2020 and last year was conducted on a drive through basis at the Grass Valley Veterans Hall. This year, it returns to the fairgrounds on Friday and Saturday. Veterans will have the opportunity to enroll in VA health care, obtain vouchers for a free pair of prescription eyeglasses, and receive benefits counseling, health screenings, and referrals. The stand-down is free and open to every veteran in Nevada County. Nevada County Transit Services will offer free transportation countywide during the stand-down. Turning to the forecast from the National Weather Service and air quality data from purpleair.com, Our lengthy warm and dry trend continues, with slightly lower daytime temperatures expected early next week. It will be clear tonight in Nevada City and Grass Valley with a low around 57. This afternoon's air quality index was measuring in the 40s or satisfactory. Friday will be sunny with a high in the mid-80s and a low of 55. In Truckee and Lake Tahoe tonight, mostly clear with a low around 38. The air quality index this afternoon was measuring around 10. Friday will be sunny with a high near 73 and a low in the mid-30s. In Sacramento and Woodland tonight, mostly clear with a low of 54. Today's air quality index was measuring in the 30s and 40s. 
Friday will be sunny with a high of 87 and a low in the mid-50s. You're listening to the Evening News on KVMR. Ballots are going out for the November 8th election, and the Nevada County Registrar of Voters Office is gearing up for a very busy fall. Despite some fears about safety and security, worries about a lack of election workers have not materialized in Nevada County. That's the word from Natalie Adona, who will take over as registrar in January. She spoke to KVMR's Felton Pruitt. We're talking with Natalie Adona. She is the assistant clerk recorder, the registrar of voters for Nevada County. She'll be taking over as the clerk recorder on January 3rd from Gregory Diaz, who has held the position for a number of years. So we've got an election coming up in in a very short period of time. And of course, voting security is a big issue around the country right now. Are you guys feeling pretty secure about uh, everything in our county? Yes, I feel really good about uh, people's ability to vote in any manner that they want and to do so safely, even if people choose to vote in person. Uh, we've got you know, a number of procedures and protocols that we've talked with, with um, sort of interested partners about you know, how to keep our election workers safe and how to keep voters safe and maintain access to the ballot. Also, we have things called voter intimidation. And uh, it used to be everybody thought that voting was such a wonderful privilege. They didn't try and tell other people how to vote. They just made up their own minds. They went to the polls. Well, you know, a, a couple of things. I think that in the history of voting in the United States, there there have been moments of tension for people, you know, particularly when it came to uh, who had the right to vote. If you look back, say, 50 years you would you know have seen a lot of tumult around voting because you know there uh, was a lot of debate uh, over who had the right to vote and that led to the passage of the voters voter rights act you know we also have had you know federal legislation that you know sort of articulated you know what sort of materials that you had access to so you know there's you know sort of the physical sort of active voting along with, you know, sort of the legal parameters of who gets to vote and, you know, what sort of materials you have to provide to people. Uh, you know, part of the Voter Rights Act, for example, does require counties to, you know, provide materials in other languages. So, you know, there's you know, sort of physical access and then there's, you know, sort of these other kinds of access that we're talking about. You know, I think that, you know, you're you're absolutely right. We are in unprecedented times right now. And you know, I don't remember any point in time where you've had the people at, you know, sort of the top of government who have been, you know, sort of talking so specifically uh, about elections. And, you know, furthermore, unfortunately, some people have spread falsehoods about elections, and it really has trickled down to the local level in lots of places. Uh, you know, I think that, you know, here in Nevada County, we've got a lot of good, very well-meaning people who are very passionate about elections, about democracy, and, you know, I think for the most part, people just want to vote. 
uh, you know, sometimes, you know, there are folks who might take it a step further. We saw some of that in the um, gubernatorial recall. And, you know, some of our workers really thought twice about whether they wanted to return because some people were actually pretty rough with them. But, you know, I think that what won out the day for many of our folks is just the desire to serve the community and to make sure that everyone has a chance to vote. And really, that's where a lot of our poll workers and a lot of the temporary people that we have here and a lot of the permanent people are coming from. We just want people to vote. And yeah, sometimes it's hard, but that's what we're here for. We're, we're here to serve people. I know that in some other counties, they're having uh, trouble having enough uh, election volunteers for the upcoming election. Are you guys staffed well enough? Uh, for this election, yeah, we do have pretty good staffing levels. Uh, we were a little bit worried with uh, the June election, but did manage to get enough people. And, you know, like I said, I think it is that um, sort of sense in the community that we really need to come together uh, and, and help. A lot of our election workers have many, many elections under their belt. I think, um, you know, one of our longest serving poll workers has at least 20 elections under their belt, if not more. Uh, so we've got lots of people with lots of experience, and, yeah, they they just keep coming back. It's also helpful that we have vote centers now, and uh, really we have to talk about staffing nine locations instead of 50 or 60, so that's also very helpful. Let's talk about the ways people can vote on this next election. We've been part of the Voters' Choice Act since 2018, and so this will sound familiar to a lot of people, but for those people who are new to our county or are uh, new voters, you have three main ways to uh, return a ballot. You'll get a ballot in the mail if you haven't already. Many have already. And you can either vote that ballot at home and put it in the mailbox. You can use one of our many drop boxes that are located throughout the county, or you can choose to vote in person. So if folks want to get more information, uh, give the website and the phone numbers they can call. Absolutely. You can go to nevadacountyca.gov slash elections, and you will have ready access to current election information. You can also give us a call Monday through Friday from 8 to 5. We're at 530 265-1298. Natalie, is there anything else you want our listeners to know about this upcoming election? Yes, please vote. <laughs> <laughs> so if you have not gotten your ballot yet, uh, go ahead and give our office a call and we'll make sure that you get a replacement if you need one. Use the drop boxes, use the, the mailboxes. If you want to vote in person, you can do so right now at the Rood Center. Our office has the ability to conduct some in-person voting. Uh, or, you know, you could wait for our vote centers to start opening up. We'll start opening on staggered schedules beginning on October 29th. We've been talking with Natalie Adona. She's the assistant clerk recorder, the registrar of voters for Nevada County. She works with Greg Diaz. Thanks to both of you, Natalie. Thanks so much. Thanks for inviting me on. And now, Molly Fisk. Molly Fisk, observations from a working poet. One of these days, I am going to be perfect. Perfect. 
but it hasn't happened yet. Every time I think one of my bad habits or character flaws is solved, handled, dispatched forever, either it shows up again in some other way, or a new one appears to confound me. I'm sure you know some of my imperfections, but there are thousands I keep to myself. Small, irritable reactions to spelling mistakes, for instance, especially those in news outlets. Right here in front of me, someone from a Southern California lifestyle magazine has allowed the word lightning, as in thunder and lightning, to contain an E. Molly, how can this possibly matter, I can hear you say, driving in your car with the radio on, or chopping up carrots for dinner? Dear listener, it doesn't matter at all. And it also does, simultaneously. As our world is disintegrating around us, of course the spelling of anything becomes frivolous in the extreme. Conserving water matters, vanquishing wildfires and sheltering flood victims, growing more food. But take a step back for a minute and look at the longer view. Language is our route to meaning, the simple meaning of conversation and the complex meaning of things like philosophy, history, negotiation between warring states, scientific discovery. We developed all these languages people speak as a way to pull order out of chaos and work together. When language begins to break down, it's a warning, just like people running stop signs or ignoring the rule of law. Patterns we've adopted to keep the larger community safe are beginning to crumble. Now someone is going to pipe up that language is always changing and the elder generations of every era are usually pissed off about it. This is also true, and where my imperfections come back into play. Of course, of course, mea culpa. If I were more of a Buddhist, one vagrant misplaced letter would be a chance to open my heart instead of exasperate me. And if I hadn't been privileged with a good education and tart-tongued great-aunts correcting me all the time, I wouldn't know the difference anyway. Language changing can mean two things at once, and I think it does. That E stuffed into lightning is both a minor irritant to people over 47 and a sign that more and more of us don't care about clear communication with each other, a signal that factions are forming out of both ignorance and willfulness and cooperation is diminished. Think about this. Think about how small things reflect larger ones without oversimplifying the comparison or the context. Just to confuse everyone further, and make spellcheck no help at all, there's another word called lightning that does contain an E, and refers to hair color and the sky at dawn getting brighter and making things more visible. It's wonderful to watch if you're ever up that early. First shapes appear more and more clearly, a lumpy mass turning into the silhouette of that lovely maple tree on Boston Common. And then, almost imperceptibly, out of light and shadow, the black and white world takes on all its incredible colors. Award-winning poet Molly Fisk writes, coaches, and teaches writing in California's Sierra Nevada foothills. You can reach her at mollyfisk.com. This program is produced at the studios of KVMR-FM, Nevada City, California. Funding is provided by Harmony Books of Downtown Nevada City and KVMR with support from the Corporation for Public Broadcasting.
That's our newscast for Thursday, October 13th. KVMR Community Radio gets support from our beloved listeners and from the Center for the Arts, presenting the bluegrass band Kittle and Company tonight and musician Thunderstorm Artists on Sunday. Tickets and information at thecenterforthearts.org. And Craig Johnson Plumbing, family-owned plumbing and rooting service, serving Nevada and Placer counties since 2004, providing plumbing installations and repairs, also emergency services for residential and commercial customers. Craig Johnson Plumbing at grassvalleyplumbing.com. This is Joyce Miller signing off. Please join us Friday at 6 for another edition of the KVMR Evening News. 